Welcome to the neighborhood. My name is Michael Lacey, husband, father, and host of the Wealthy Neighbor Show, where every week we bring you an amazing interview or message to inspire you as you build wealth for your family. Thanks for stopping by the neighborhood. Now let's jump right in with today's message. Welcome back to episode 13 of the Wealthy Neighbor Show. Today, we're going to talk about the magic of a good side hustle. Now, a good side hustle can help you no matter what your goals are, whether you're drowning in debt and need to increase your income for a season, or if you're debt free and just looking to grow your net worth. Now, sometimes a side hustle can be an actual part time job where you have set hours and somebody you report to. And other side hustles like Uber or grocery delivery and some others often require you to be a self starter. That's what we're going to talk about today. We have with us MJ Bridges all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, talking about how he found himself over $97,000 in debt and how he used a few different side hustles to pay it all off. Now, I love MJ's story because he is the very definition of a go-getter, and I'm sure you'll see that for yourself as the interview rolls along. But before we get into your side hustles, MJ, let's take it back to the beginning of your story. I mean, how in the world did you find yourself over $97,000 in debt in the first place? Um, Crazy story. About five years ago, no, actually, it would be six years, um, early 2020, about February-ish. I was driving on the way to work in Atlanta. I've been in Atlanta six months at the time. And I ran out of gas. Um, Well, the gas light came on. And so I pulled over to the gas station. So let me get some gas. And I um, had like my ID and about two credit cards, well, a debit card and two credit cards and no money. And everything was maxed out. And I knew all my debit card, I didn't have. I had like two bucks or something. So it was like at that moment when I realized that I couldn't afford to put gas in my car. I, uh, as I mentioned, recently moved to Atlanta at the time. And I was like, what am I doing with myself? And I thought I did everything right. Like you got the bachelor's degree. I had my master's degree at that time. I was about 25 years old, 26, 25, 26 years old. So it was that weekend when, uh, well, at that time, I, a tear came down my on my face. It was like I literally like teared up about it. And I think that was my come to Jesus moment. That was my moment where I was like, okay, like something's obviously wrong and I need to get my finances together. And so it was that weekend when I really sat down with myself and I sat down with my debt. I had a, a a real like brotherhood homie moment with my dad. And I was like, yo, like, I'm going to get rid of this. I'm going to tackle this. And that's the moment where I accepted it. It was my debt. What made up that amount of debt? I mean, was it like student loans, car loans, credit cards? I mean, kind of what was, you know, what was all the debt that you had? All the above. But the majority actually was consumer debt. So I had a roughly about 30000 uh, well, over 30000 of student loans, with the interest, and then I had um, a car for about twelve thousand, and the remainder was credit cards. So I have um, fifty-five plus of like student uh, credit cards. I have over fourteen credit cards now, and so um, a majority of it was consumer debt. So talk to me a little bit because I mean that was consumer debt, and so talk to me a little bit about how you were living up to that point because for you to rack up that amount of consumer debt, I mean like. 
you must have been looking like the man out here. You know what I mean? Like, what was what was your lifestyle Look, like before that? Thinking I was, um, yeah, I it was. I was living when I look back at it miserably, of course. But it was um, started way back when I was eighteen. So all this accumulated up. I got my first credit card. I'm I'm the storyline of a person who got a credit card in college in the student union. So, but I got a credit card and I was aware of what I was doing. I just couldn't keep up with it. Um, I always paid my bill. It was the, uh, I'm going to um, uh, increase your, your credit limit where I kept increasing my spending habits. And so I will always do a little bit above the minimum or the minimum. And I kept up actually, I've never ever, ever been late on a payment. It was just the, the credit limit went from $250. By the time I graduated college, I had over $11,000 worth of credit limit already just on my own. So I was um, using that for, at first it was emergencies, but after that, it was just crazy partying. Um, car maintenance, a lot of car maintenance. And then like uh, material things, clothes, electronics, I would get like $2,000 cameras, things like that. And then when I went, I went to Alabama State University and then I moved to Indiana for my master's. And at that time I was living um, on my own and doing a master's program. I wasn't working. So I was building it up from that. And then I bought brand new furniture. Like, you know, I just doing everything like totally backwards and but did it feel normal at that time? I mean, because like you and I know, I mean, that it happened to you, but it's not like a super unique story. Like we see that now with people that are sharing their stories more openly. So like at that time, did you like, was it in the back of your mind? Like, man, I needed to get it together. Or were you just like, Hey, this is what I got to do to make it. I always would say like, oh, it's an investment. And like, I was like convincing myself, like, oh, this is an investment. I need to, I need to look like this. I need to have this. this. I was trying to do at the time, like entrepreneur stuff or I had like a nonprofit. I had a YouTube page, things like that. So I was just like, it's an investment for some of this stuff. And then um, majority of it though, I was just kicking it. You know, I had to feel like I had to make it back to somewhere or I, I had to give or because uh, sometimes I was just buying things for family members. I had to go back to always like my alma mater for whether it's homecoming or some game or this. So I always also knew that I'm a hard worker. So I was like, I'm going to pay it off. Like, I'm going to pay it off. Like, I'm going to pay it off. So when I moved to Atlanta, um, again, I was living, I was trying to entrepreneurship thing, had his YouTube channel. So I also wasn't like, I didn't have any income. So I was using credit, you know, so uh, credit to, to support my lifestyle. And I found out really fast living in Atlanta, that ain't what to do. Right. Right. So then you have this weekend where you realize you can't afford gas. Right. And you, you had your moment where you sat down and you faced it. I mean, but in that time, I mean, were there any books or tools or podcasts or anything that you were listening to to kind of help you organize your finances and kind of set the direction for what you wanted to go? Or were you just winging it? No. Um, I, at that time, I was winging it. And um, I uh, looking back, I see that I have a skill set. Um, but I knew there was a annualcreditreport.com. 
And so, and I pulled up all my um, bills basically, and I matched them up um, with what I thought. And so everything kind of checked out. Now I had some literacy uh, knowledge in the back of my head. Like I knew, cause I was a victim of identity theft in college and stuff. So I knew like certain websites and things like that. So I went to annualcreditreport.com just to make sure everything lined up. And then in my head was like, I need to find another job. Matter of fact, I probably need to find a few more jobs. So after I kind of matched up my debt with annualcreditreport.com, and I knew that's what I had to do, I started saying, okay, this is what I'm going to pay off. And I guess then I started like looking up like different ideas. Of course, the most infamous one during our time, like the Dave Ramsey thing, his baby step methods and things like that. And I didn't necessarily follow that right away like because i didn't even develop a savings i was just like yo i need to at least start getting rid of some of these credit cards so i was focusing on the smaller ones which was a macy's and the best buy card i've seen on your ig before i think where you mentioned you had like i think three or four jobs when you first started or something like that so what were some of those hustles you had in the early days yeah so um I worked as a teacher during for my nine to five, and then I had two tutoring jobs. So my tutoring jobs were after school and for one company, and then on a the weekend for another company on a Saturday. And then Saturday night, I was clubbing. I worked at a club. So, um, and I loved it because I am uh, consider myself, I guess, today an event host, a former DJ. So I love. Um, uh, dancing. I love uh, making sure people have a good time. So the club, I used to go in there like, what's up, y'all? Happy Saturday. Like, and they used to look at me <laughs> like I was crazy. Um, But that was my fourth job. And that, that money, I worked as a busser in there. Literally, I was making minimum wage and I would get tipped third out, you know, from, from cocktailers and the, the actual servers. And then it was me, my little portion. And so some days I would come out, it'd be a really good night. Well, I was there all day from like 7 p.m. to 4 a.m. But some days I walk out with like maybe $100 of tips. And then I made probably just in from hourly about $100. And I used that money to uh, for gas and like grocery. That was like my gas, and grocery, no money to get by. But um, I used my skill set basically to find my jobs. And by the grace of God, I found my jobs within weeks. Like I literally... Um, was looking like late January when all this stuff happened and I had four jobs like three weeks later. Okay. So then let's lock in on this because the reason I really wanted to talk to you is because you found in this journey, just this amazing side hustle that I had never even heard of before. I'm, I'm subscribed to like two side hustle podcasts. Right. And like, I've never heard anybody mention this and the side hustle was charging scooters. So when did you get locked in on that particular side hustle and how did that process kind of come to be? So, yeah. So after moving forward years later of paying off debt and having ups and downs, I was really disappointed with myself last year around, around this time because I thought I was going to be done with my journey by then. So I didn't start with $97,000 of debt, even when I started my journey. I started with about $70,000. I accumulated while paying off. I ended still accumulated some more debt. I want to put that out there. And so Latin, it, a lot of this happened too because I was under impression I was going to get student teacher loan forgiveness. But that 
that was very uh, on my mind. I was still disappointed last year because I didn't even win the appeal or it wasn't a formal appeal, but where I was trying to go back and still receive those funds. Cause I always anticipated, even we getting those loans in my master's program, that those were at least some of those loans were going to be forgiven. So around last year, this time I was on this, <laughs> I was on this, I'm tired of people. Um, I was partying a little too much. I had like a big 30th birthday party. And, um, I think I said my online 10 year reunion. I was just exhausted and I was even more exhausted within myself internally because I'm like, I still have some debt. Like, like I still have. And how long had, I mean, I don't mean to cut you off, but how long had you been paying it off up to this point? At that time, at this point, it was like four, a little over four, four and a half years. So you're four years in and your debt has gone up. Yeah. So uh, around this time last year, I had about $27,000, roughly $27,000 of debt this time last year. So if in that, that 27, you could say it was the debt that I accumulated over these past four years, whether it was still with like car maintenance stuff or jumping out into entrepreneurship, like young and debt free, jumping it out into things. Uh, I still, that's what I called it. And so when did you kind of stumble across the scooter thing as a side? Like you said, it was last year. So what was the story from like how you got started with that? Um, so I mentioned all that to say that. I didn't, I wouldn't work in my side, my other jobs anymore. Like I went to one job, I did those four jobs for 15 months. Um, and so it was really intense, uh, clearly. And I didn't have a really a life, but, um, last year, like 2018, I started kind of hanging out a little bit, getting a little social and I was trying to figure out like, okay, I want to finish the rest of my debt. So around the fall last year, Moved into, yeah, we were in our new place, moved into my new apartment. And I was like, okay, like MJ, you, you have to get another job. Like, that's why I was thinking to myself. And I really didn't want to go there. Um, but one day I was running. I'm an avid runner. And I saw this guy just put these scooters in his truck. And I was like, oh, like, what is he doing? And I looked up, I know I YouTubed for sure, guys who were making money doing scooters. And most of the YouTube channels at that time were people from Southern California. And they're like, yo, this is how I made $2,000 um, charging scooters. And I'm like, yeah, right. And so I was watching them like, oh, cool. They really do it. Because at the time, bird scooters in mine, they were like $5 a pop to charge the scooters. So I was like, okay, cool. So I immediately signed up for them. And uh, Lime hit me back first. At the time, they sent you the chargers for free. They sent me, I think, three chargers. Um, Lime did. And uh, I got started. Like, literally like that. Like, I got them about mm, nine days later. It took a, good over, a little bit over a week. And um, what I would do at the time, I think the rules were till you go out at 9 o'clock. At 9 o'clock, because at the time... No one could ride after nine in Atlanta. And so at nine o'clock, you would see these people as as the side hustle word of mouth started getting around. At nine o'clock, bro, no, you post up by 853. <laughs> you will post up by 853 and then at 902-ish, you would check the app. And then the scooters that were um needing or available for you to charge they post up and you have to hurry up and kind of get to it. So it was a competition. So at the time back then it wasn't as popular. So 
but you still saw some people. So the line, they will open up. And so I would pick up, um, I only had three charges at the time. So I pick up three or four. And then so because I was learning how it works. So my first days, I would make like 25 bucks, 20 bucks, pick up four. And I was like, hmm, let me try to pick up six. I would try to charge three scooters for between like 930 and 12. And I go to sleep and put the other three on and I wake up like at five thirty six in the morning and take them out um, before I go to my nine to five job. So that's how it started. But then I realized that Bird was really the goat and the one to get to. So I was still waiting on Bird. I kept emailing him. And it was like, we have your stuff. Basically, we're, we're coming. We're coming. I remember it. It was December 4th when um, they emailed me. It was like uh, my, they approved. They changed over on the app to charger mode. It was fully approved or whatever, whatever. Because Bird was one of the first scooter companies in Atlanta. But Bird's, they, their scooters at the time, like all of them opened up. I don't understand fiscally how this was working. But like literally nine out of ten birds that you saw on the street after nine o'clock they were available for you to pick them up. So say if you saw about 13 bird scooters, guess what? About 12 of them babies. If they were all together at that moment, you can go you made $60 like in 10 seconds. It was crazy. But what happened with that created was mayhem eventually because when people got hooked to it, people were very territorial. I was like, oh, these my scooters. Like you'll pull up like at eight. 52 and like someone's like yeah these my scooters like i got these and so it created people were nuts um for bird scooters so once bird finally got hooked to what they were creating they started because people were cheating like people were like it is how you cheated okay if i I say this you could pick up the scooters right they pick them up like at not even at nine some people didn't wait they would put the scooters in their trucks like at 8.50, all right? And they wouldn't even scan them. But see, the probability was that majority of them was scanned anyways after nine. So uh, even if three didn't scan, people were putting them up. Did I do this? No, 100% not. All right, people always ask me if I cheated. I was like, um, I was like, first of all, I got time for that. Second of all, I didn't have a, like, no, and one I didn't have a truck, and I was just scared to get fired. Then they started firing everybody because of the sensors, the Bluetooth, you know, the location they tracked them. You had all these scooters in one area that didn't, and they weren't properly scanned for charger mode. They started docking you, and everybody got fired during that time. So I didn't do it. So um, Bird was the go. I really just dropped line eventually. And two, because Bird scooters were smaller, they were lighter at the time in Atlanta. And so I could pick one up with my hand. I'm a, I'm a pretty, you know, small guy. And so uh, uh, I needed something small for me. And so I would pick, um, I could pick one Bird scooter up. And plus, y'all, I was doing this in a car. I didn't have a truck. I have a, a 2008. Yeah, Chrysler Sebring Touring. Okay, I have a four door sedan. So I would put all my seats down and I had like all these scooters because I stopped going from four to six. You know, I started buying more chargers. So I went to, I found a Facebook group, a Reddit group. People are selling these like crazy for like five bucks a pop, seven dollars a pop. So I bought like 
<laughs> I got this note today. I have like 38 charges in my. <laughs> and, um, I have like um, four to six, like um, what do we call it, like extensions or. And so I will have plugged up about. I started with like 15 scooters to one day I have 54 scooters in my apartment. So I'll get to that story. But Jeez. I was crazy. Like I went, but crazy. Um, and because it was the easiest money I ever made and because the formula worked for me. So when you first started, did you have kind of a monthly earnings goal that you set out for? And then on the flip side of that, like what was the most you ever made in a month? using this side. Yeah. So honestly, my goal was just to make, I remember in November, my car broke down. And so I was like, okay, I need to get my car, like the maintenance on my car, like 600 bucks. So in November, and I was like, if I could pay my cell phone, I really only shot out to make like 800 bucks. Right. And that changed immediately when I really, especially when I got with bird in December and I realized how much I can make. So the, so my monthly goal was on less than a thousand dollars, but then when I realized, like, no, I can make like a lot more. Like, let me become super aggressive to this while it's here. Um, the most I made, good question. I think it had to be probably in July of this year. I'm going to say near thirty five hundred. I don't know that number exactly, and because I don't work the month of July, my nine to five one. I don't work that much and it's the hottest month. So everyone's riding them. It's festival season. So I was making up to 3000 during the cold months. So then at the peak of it all, I mean, how many hours would you say that you were putting in when you were making that 3,500? I was putting in like a good four hours. Like because, yeah, because, because I was doing two loads and people said, why don't you get a truck? And this one I really was documenting. And I was like, no, because even if I get a truck, well, I have to pay to get the truck. Um, one, I don't know how long it's going to be here. And two, I didn't have the space. Like I, I live in a one bedroom apartment, me and my partner. So like, it's not like I, you know, I converted my living room to a, a garage every night. So I didn't even have the space to get, because some people would get like 80 scooters a day. Like people out here, hustle. like they would start either. They didn't have a full time. I don't know what they did, but they was getting 80 scooters, like easy making 400 plus um, a day. Some people are doing, especially on the weekends, like a scooter mania here on the weekends. So that was like easy money on the weekends, especially. So um, I would do two loads. And what that means is my car uh, uh, was stacked and crazy um, with like, at the time, like 1920 scooters because they, they were the smaller models of birds right now have the bigger scooters so I only can fit like a good 15 in there but I, at the time I could fit about 20 21 in there I mean they stacked up and I would pull into my parking garage and I would go all the way to the lowest floor now mind you my apartment complex is one of the newest apartment complexes in the city and in Midtown and so I, it was a benefit to that but I was also nervous about that because as scooters became just in people's lifestyles and ears i heard some apartment complexes have been banning them like where people couldn't charge them or you know bring them in um and that hasn't happened here yet so thank god but i did it i wanted to make sure i wasn't a nuisance i did it like a thief in the night gotcha so then i mean you you made some pretty good money doing this and so of the extra money you made because this was a side hustle how much of that were you sending towards debt and how much of it was being used for other purposes? Like, were you kind of 
you know, uh, were you really focused or was it like, all right, I'm a party with a little bit of it? Like, wh- what was your I mindset at that point? Some of it to subsidize some trips home. Also, I had a big, um, I always go to my line reunion every year in my fraternity. So I paid for that. I went to Cabo. Yeah, I was also paying for like things like a little traveling, like um, whether it was for just kicking it purposes and hanging out personal uh, or even like make sure I think you know, a very important event or unfortunate things like that. But majority of it definitely was dead. Um, I got a parking ticket doing this before because, you know, I just like put my blinkers on the middle of the street, running after scooters. Um, so <laughs> that thing, like, I was um, using the money for that. Now, today, I'm obviously not that intense because um, I'm tired. Like, yeah, I was I was not sleeping. I picked up like 20 pounds doing this. I was eating bad. I had so much pressure on myself to really get done, you know, and I think it was internally. I was just like upset that I thought I was going to be done. And I got tired of that. And like, I was tired of it by now. I was like, God dang, like I've been living in Atlanta six years and five to five and a half of these six years. I've been paying off debt. Like that's my life today. You know, that's where I was. And so I was a little upset. So I was so tense with this. And I put so much pressure on myself, like, and I did not take care of my health, like, especially on the second half of the end, you know, where I was like really eating bad. So sometimes I had some drinks at night to, to, to weigh me down. You know, I was using alcohol to weigh me down, but I was also excited to make the money, but um, sleep too, because I live in an apartment and because I didn't want to make sure it's a nuisance, I made sure I got up like four or shoot, 3.30, 4.30 in the morning to take the scooters out, you know, and I did that for multiple reasons. One, I didn't want people to see me. Two, I didn't want people to see me so I could take all these scooters out and I wouldn't become a nuisance. And I had the elevator to myself. And for, like I said, fortunately, the elevator, literally you open the door of my apartment, it's the elevator. So I was just prop open the door and I will haul out 30 scooters, like, you know, 10 at a time on the elevator. And I would put them down in the parking garage, I would pack my car with 15, go drop them off, come back, pack the other car 15, go drop them off. And I was doing this during the weekday and then turning around, going to work off four and a half hours of sleep. So it was really intense. Like, it's crazy talking about it. Like, you know, I haven't sat down and like super reflected. I mean, like, I really do a lot of this, huh? And, um, so, um, but it's cool that I documented it and I have so many videos and pictures and stuff like, I can't believe I could, I, um, I can't believe it sometimes. And so the, the point of, you, you know, when you started this, the, the motivation was to get out of debt. Right. And you said, I mean, you sacrificed your body, you sacrificed sleep, you sacrificed a lot. And so what was it like when you finally hit submit on that last payment as a result of all that hard work? I don't know. I just, for the lack of words, I guess it was dope. It was relieving when you can feel like the stress go away. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. that like, 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 you know, and I feel very sound right now in balance. And so I'm very fortunate for that. And I guess I never thought or imagined it would have went this way. And I made a post like I never thought that scooters, whoever thought like that, that this is how I was going to get done with this journey. And in a way, sometimes I feel like I'm I'm still in the journey because I got I know I got taxes. I've been preparing for taxes, so um, this was all 1099. I made over thirty thousand, you know, thirty thousand three hundred thirty one dollars or something like that in a year. 
And so um, I have an account ready for taxes and, and things like that. But what really feels good is now as I'm um, finalizing my cash flow, like it's really cool to see my money. And I'm a teacher, a public school teacher. I don't make a lot of money. Uh, and so, but it's good that like even like one of my checks I don't touch, like it's simply cash flow is going into an emergency account, a savings account, an investment account. So I'm going to go ahead and get a duplex by the end of next year and rent that out, of course. And so I don't have to pay any more rent, you know. So my whole idea is like getting rid of bills. And I have like old budgets from like 2014, 15. You know, I have like 24 bills. You know, and now I'm down to seven. So then I kind of have to ask, you know, the financial accomplishments themselves are amazing, right? But I know for me, you know, a big part of managing money, paying off debt, making progress financially, all those sorts of things is the mindset. And so talk a little bit about how your mindset has changed from, you know, not being able to afford gas to now you're like saving one of your checks and getting ready to buy a duplex. Like how have, have you had to change your mindset throughout this process? The whole thing was mindset. When I realized my spending habits was just a reflection of what was going on inside of me. And so when I look at how I even accumulated all this consumer debt was being so emotionally imbalanced from uh, from I had trouble with my sexuality, like uh, not accepting I was a gay man. And so those demons um, travel with me through this process until I start getting rid of those or finding peace within that, I started seeing my spending habits change because I would, what's the word? Like compromise, compensate like for those. Um, Also from like my parents, like my dad's been in prison most of my life and my mom, like she struggled or she has to work two jobs, was on welfare, things like that. My aunt raised me since I was 10. So just having that little really uneasy background and not having peace with that. Like, you know, I was going through a lot of things with them, like looking for answers, I guess, you know, and um, looking for peace and forgiveness. So that all that helped build up my debt. You know, that was a part of my mind when I look back at it. And as I started eliminating debt or even embarking on that journey, I had to also embark on those journeys in my internal peace. So whether it's like forgiveness of my family, forgiving myself. Also when, uh, so like mended relationships, things like that. Also, I was really into becoming more self-aware to build my confidence up. So on the outside, you know, things looking good. But inside, you know, I'm like, okay, I have like a, a confidence issue or like sometimes, um, sometimes I don't know, sometimes my self-esteem was up, but it was still like being confident and sure of who I, who I was. But again, I was just still learning who I was at, you know, my mid twenties. I love that you say that because, you know, I, I tell people all the time, man, insecurity is expensive, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you don't feel a certain way you know, about yourself. So then you buy clothes to make it feel better or, you know, somebody got a better car than you. And so you feel small. So you can go get a better car. So like, you know, all that insecurity, it does build up. And so, and and for a lot of us who don't have a healthy cash flow, it does come in the form of debt. So I'm glad you were open and you shared that because I know that's something that some of these listeners are going to have to address within themselves is that insecurity, that lack of self-esteem and all those sorts of things, because those definitely affect the financial decisions. And so, uh, you know, one of my final questions for you is, you know, now that you're debt free and you've adopted this new mindset, I know you talked about the duplex, but are there any other things that you're planning to do going forward that are going to help you build wealth, you know, generational wealth? Yeah, um, I hope so. 
next month, and I've been posting about this now, I'm doing this big staycation. Like, pick a hotel here in Atlanta, a real cozy, comfortable one, one I could really focus in, like at a little cupboard or something. And I'm going to plan out my next 15 years and really kind of look at where I'm going financially and, 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 and more. And one, now that I have young and debt free, like people always ask me like, hey, do you do this service? Do you? And I'm like, no, I don't. And I was and I started. And I was like, I just was unsure of it. And so I'm in this space where I call this gray area up until I, my staycation. It's where I'm getting my health back right. So I've been in the gym and uh, dropping off some pounds and getting my mind ready because I want to um, have a legit more strategy and plan. One, so I don't get myself back into debt. I want to have a, a strategy. So in my mind right now, too, I'm about like eliminating your bills. How do I eliminate more bills? So one thing that I know for sure is happening in 2020 is I'm going to move out of this place and get a duplex. And that's going, the ideal is, of course, to eliminate the rent. And so then at that time, I'll be able to just live when I think about, I can calculate it 25 to 30% of my income. That's it. Like um, where I can live on about $900 a month. Like, so that's my goal by the end of 2020. I'll be living on less than a thousand dollars a month, basically. And I'll be investing in return around investing or saving around $3,500 a month. Um, then that's just from my nine to five. That's one. I'm also learning finally about stock. Um, that's one account that I have set up to where I'm trying to figure out how to, which stock to get into. Um, that's going to support like maybe it's dividends to where it pay for a bill. So I'm all about eliminating the bill. So my cell bill is like $75. Like, okay, so how much do I need to, in my mind, and I'm going to be more thorough during my staycation with this, but in my mind, it's like, which one do I, how much money I put in to this one to where it can give me some type of maybe quarterly dividends to take care of that set, um, to take care of maybe my cell phone bill for six months or my cell phone bill for the next year. Um, also Roth, like getting the Roth, uh, the Roth account. Um, I have an emergency savings, a general savings, um, the savings for the duplex. Um, yeah, I think I like six accounts. Uh, and I've been finalizing that. So that's really exciting. Um, and been really stepping out next year. I, I, I know more during my staycation where I'm going to go to. I figure out how to make this money, make more money. What's the the side hustle I could do from the computer, you know, like what what could I do to, to generate income? And I have young and debt free, really trying to um, go out and build that brand the way I want to build it. And um, I have some speaking engagements that I get paid for. And I've been very fortunate. That has definitely opened my mind up. Um, and that's been really cool. I love going to the colleges in particular. So I have that LLC going and I've made money the last two years speaking, doing that. So how do I scale that, of course, because it's um, not only um, it feels good to just tell my story and to kind of help millennials and, and whatever, just like kind of look at their money in a different way. But it feels good to see a, a, a paycheck, you know, with your business name. And um, so that's been pretty cool. So that's where I'm at right now. You know, you talked about it a little bit. You're, you're LLC young and debt free, but tell the people what you have to offer. And if they want to follow along and just kind of see what you're doing from this point forward, where they can find you and where they can follow you. 
Awesome. So um, youngandebtfree.com, and that's all spelled out, uh, Y-O-U-N-G-A-N-D-D-E-B-T-free.com. You can find me at Young and Debt Free on um, IG, Instagram, at Young and Debt Free ATL, excuse me, Young and Debt Free ATL altogether. And uh, just join away. You know, I'm usually uh, super, sometimes super animated, and sometimes I'm just real mellow and chill on IG, but uh, follow along, inbox me if you have some questions, anything. Well, MJ, we appreciate you stopping by and sharing your side hustle story with us. I'm going to be sure to link to your website as well as your Instagram page in the show notes, which you listeners can find at winningtowealth.com slash episode 13. That's winningtowealth.com slash episode 13. Also, if you want to continue the dialogue around side hustles or just money in general, make sure you swing by the neighborhood, which is our private group where we talk all things money. You can find that at winningtowealth.com slash neighbors. Once again, that's winningtowealth.com slash neighbors. I want to thank you for checking out another episode of The Wealthy Neighbor Show, and we'll talk soon. 